0: Welcome to Above Par, a place you learn how to take more of your talent to the golf course. You'll end the frustration of underperforming and discover how to get out of your own way and unleash all of your hard-earned talent. This is your host, Kathy Hartwood, and I'm going to show you how to think above par so you can start playing below par. Let's get to it. Hey there. So I am uh, excited that you're back and you're watching or listening, depending on where you are. Like I said, in the previous uh, podcast slash video is I like to record them on video. And so I'm going to share them on YouTube and I'm going to take the audio and put it on a podcast. So wherever you're listening, you can, you can see or listen to the other one. And those links will be somewhere in the uh, show notes or the description so i hope you check those out if you want to listen to it or consume this material in a different way but it's just a little bit easier for me so in the last show i talked a little bit about why the brain is so mental or what sorry not the way the brain why the game is so mental um and talk about how i really don't like that phrase so much so i do use it because it's just everybody's kind of used to that but i like to think of it as just the way that you think on the golf course right managing your thoughts managing your mind and I talked a lot about how the the really the the goal is that you want to be able to manage your thoughts and your emotions on the golf course. And the way that I learn things is I have been very I I'm a little bit of a nerd. I'm I'm okay with saying that. I have no problem with that. I skipped a year of high school not because I'm super smart, just because I just. I, I probably overconsumed, took too many classes, and did all the things. So I could skip a year of high school. I love to just consume information and I like to read and to learn. And so while I was pursuing trying to figure out how I could best manage my mind on the golf course, what, you know, at the time I was <laughs> calling myself very mental or like that I was, there was something wrong with me. I thought actually I probably wasn't like genetically blessed with that skill so much. So in the pursuit of doing that, you know, I learned a lot about just cognitive behavior and then the think, feel, act model, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard about, you know, that concept is very old. old. It's been around for centuries, you know, back to, I think, therefore I am, and we become our thoughts kind of concepts. So, or phrases or quotes, right? So I I really, you know, for the most part, I got it. I understood the think, feel, act thing. I get it. You know, what we think, um, you know, then produces our feelings and then we act. Right. So I, I, think i'm going to hit the ball in the water i feel nervous and i hit the ball in the water kind of thing right or i take a take a fast swing i get it right but it just for me it just wasn't a complete picture i didn't totally understand how i could apply it or how i could control that i could see that they were happening on the golf course i could see that i had these thoughts and then they made me anxious and nervous and or stressed or mad right or disappointed right and then i could see how i acted certain ways but i really just feel, step, I kept feeling like I was missing something or a piece of the puzzle. And the way that I work, my brain works is that I, I like to see the big picture. I like to, once I understand the whole picture that I'm good, like I get it. Right. And, um, it's, it's kind of like when I remember when I took history in college and you were taught to, to like, Memorize all these dates, right? Like, you know, it was the, say, the War of 1812, and I had to memorize that on September 7th in 1811 that these two people met. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> no don't know if i study history majors. I just don't care about that date. Like, why does that matter? I still don't even know what the War of 1812 was about. And I probably wrote four papers on it because I didn't get the whole picture. I was just I was so consumed with the little pieces of it, the dates and the people who were meeting. I just, to me, that didn't mean as much if someone could give. Me the big picture. And once I have the big picture, I get it. I'm done. Like I'm good. You know, that also is the way that I taught golf or teach golf, right? So when I played for a living, my dad, for the most part, was my instructor, even though I worked with a lot of other very awesome teachers. For the most part, my dad was my instructor. And my biggest struggle was that I would slice the ball, slice my driver. It would get away from me. I'd have great days. And then when it got away from me, I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't understand it. I didn't have a big picture on how it happened. So you'd go take a lesson and someone would just fix your slice. But when I'm out there struggling, I couldn't help myself. I was dependent on my instructor. right? So then when I started teaching, I understood the big picture because I tried to figure out what was going on for me and then how I could convey that to my students. So I taught and uh, how, or I still teach y'all on understanding the big picture, right? So because probably to, there's so many instructors that teacher, golf teachers that really just teach you how to fix something or a band aid, And I try and teach I don't want them dependent on me. I was dependent on my, my instructors to fix me. So if I struggled, I had to run back to them to fix me. But if I understood it, I could. I had a component where I could help myself. So I'm always looking to try and understand the big t- picture. And I teach that I want. I want all of my students to be not to be dependent on me. I want you to get it because once you get it, then I think you're good. Now, of course, not everybody wants to learn that way, but that is the way that my brain uh, works. I've, I I enjoy that. So back to the think, feel, act thing. It just I didn't have the pieces all together. I just didn't. I didn't get it. It was good. It was like telling me like, yeah, I'm slicing and I maybe need to change my grip, but I didn't understand the why, you know, with golf, there's certainly a component that it's probably better. You don't know, have all the mechanics, especially for me, I was a field player, you know, so you don't become too mechanical and thinking too much, but I really didn't understand any of it. People would just tell me how to, you know, fix one thing. It would straighten up my ball. And then I just h- hoped and prayed and hung together through the next tournament, right. Until I could go back and get some more help and Um, you know, keep everything kind of on an even keel, like no big ups and downs in my swing or my ball uh, striking. So I started, of course, studying and learning more. And I came across uh, a life coach, her name, Brooke Castillo, which she ended up putting bookends to this um, think, feel, act. And when she did that, everything clicked for me. And all the pieces came together. And I want to share a little bit of that with you here so that maybe it connects with you. So the, the top part of the bookend, so you have thinking, feeling, and acting. The top part of the bookend is that we have circumstances on, Let's and we're going to talk about the golf course, right? We have circumstances on the golf course that are just facts. They come before that thought right? So there we we think, we feel, we act, but what are we thinking about? We're thinking about a certain situation or fact. I'll put this into context so it makes more sense here in just a second. So basically, anytime you have a situation on the golf course, often what we do is we think the situation is what makes us feel a certain way. And that when, we, when that happens, that's when we lose our power, right? We become at the effect of the golf course. So in other words, I have a hundred yard shot over water and I'm nervous, right? There's people watching me and I'm anxious, right? I have a downhill putt, right? And I'm a little stressed that I need to win it. I missed a shot and I'm angry, Right. So those are all those things that I first said are just situations. And this is how we know it's a situation or a fact or a circumstance is it's totally neutral. Everybody on the planet would have to agree with it. Right. There it's uh, you could prove it in a court of law um, and it's neutral. There's it's neither good nor bad. It's neither positive or negative. So a 100 yard shot over water does not make you nervous because and it's not a fact that makes you nervous, because it doesn't make me nervous, right? And there's plenty of people. that it doesn't make it doesn't make nervous. A four foot putt downhill, right, with a left or right break, doesn't necessarily make everybody anxious, right? So we, when we think that the situation that we're in is what is creating our feelings or our emotions on the golf course, we give away our power. What's missing, or where the pieces came together for me, is that we then have thoughts about them. This is where we have options. So in other words, I have a 100-yard shot over water, and my thought is, I don't want to hit in the water. And then we become nervous. Or my thought is, this is going to be horrible if I hit in the water. I'm going to ruin my score if it goes in. I could totally lay the sod over this, and it's going to go in, right? All those thoughts. We have that. Your brain says this is danger, and all the thoughts come up. We think we have that shot, and that's what makes us nervous, right? And it was putting that front bookend kind of on the on the th- think, feel, act little model was so valuable when you put it in the context of life and golf, right, is because then we were able to take back a little bit of control. Why are we able to take back control? It's because we Uh, have over 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day, (laughs) whoever had the job of counting those, right? And they're optional. They're totally optional. We get to pick and choose whatever the heck we want to think. And what happens is when we don't notice the thought that's in between the situation that we're in on the golf course and the feeling that we have, that's when we don't have any choice involved in it, right? That's where we feel like that we're at the effect of the golf course. So we have the power to pick whatever the heck we want to think, right? It's all really just an illusion in our head. Anyway, we, we get to the, our thoughts, right? We, they just kind of fly by some of them. It's like a ticker on the news, right? These thoughts are going by and we get to pick and choose which ones we want to think, right? Some of us serve, some of them serve us and some of them don't. We let them keep going by, right? So being able to pick your thoughts on the golf course is super powerful. This is where you start to take back control of how you perform on the golf course. The mismanaged mind, for the most part, is that we just, we just listen to whatever our brain serves us, right? And remember, your back of your brain, your primitive brain is going to serve you a lot of garbage, right? It's going to serve you a lot of negative thoughts because it's thinking it's in danger. And when you choose not to listen to it, right, you choose to um, pick a more intentional thought that is going to serve you, that's when you're going to be able to take back uh, more control on the golf course, right, so that you can start performing better and taking more of your golf swing, your good golf swings, the swings that perform and get the best results out on the golf course, right? Even Aristotle said that it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it right that means that you can hear the thought but you don't have to accept it just because it's just because it's served up to you doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you have a problem or any of that stuff right you can just let it go by that's why your number one step is always awareness you've got to start listening to what you're saying to yourself and then you get to start picking what you want to say to yourself that's when you're really going to be able to change your results Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the A part of that think, feel, act, little uh, cognitive uh, behavior model, right? The A part is your actions, right? The things that you do on the golf course. So as far as you're concerned for golf, that has to do with things like swinging faster or swinging with good tempo or swinging harder, gripping harder, Uh, rushing, coming out of your posture might be an action that you take, not, not focused. All those things that you do on the golf course over a golf shot are affected by how you feel, right? So if you're nervous, which I want you to do is go back to like an emotion that you know that you have on the golf course or a feeling that you have on the golf course, let's say it's nerves or anxious or stressed. And you're going to think about what you do when you're in that feeling when you're in that state, right? For a lot of us, it's, um, we swing faster or harder or shorter. It's just not the same swing we have when we're on the golf course or we're on the range, right? So when you're on the range, right, what feeling do you have? Pretty calm, right? There's not a whole lot going on out there. Hopefully that you don't have a stressful range, right? And when you're calm, you make your best swings, but when we go on the golf course and our brain puts us on high alert, right? Then we become anxious. And then that action that we take is that we're a little bit more um, rushed or we squeeze harder or swing faster. We come out of our posture. We don't think clearly, right? So we don't take our time. We don't notice all the other options that we normally would have taken in. We don't, we shortcut our, our pre-shot routine, right? All those different things. That's the A line, right? That A the, of the think, feel, act, those are the things that affect your golf results, right, that you get. Those are the things that affect the result of the shot, the shot going in the water, right? The shot doesn't go in the water. If you have a hundred, back to my, my example, you have a hundred yard shot and uh, over water, and you think that I'm going to hit this ball in the water. I don't want to hit this ball in the water. That's a common right thought. And then what happens is that you feel anxious or nervous. And when you're anxious or nervous, you squeeze a little bit tighter. Maybe your arms get tired, your shoulders get tighter. You might come out of your posture. It might be shorter. You might look up, you do all the things. And then what happens is the ball ends up going in the water, right? So not all the time. Listen, right? Can we take good golf swings? Not good. Can we get? Can we get a decent shot out of a swing that we, you know, didn't weren't feeling our best in? Of course. Can we feel really great and not get great results? Of course, right? So that's just the nature of the beast a little bit. But that's the A part. So our we have thoughts. Our thoughts are about different situations on the golf course. Those thoughts create feelings, right? And the feelings, right? The emotions that we have on the golf course are what give us our actions that we take over the over the golf shot. You can challenge this thinking all you want while you think about how you perform on the range, or go back to the time that the last time that you played your best golf, right? Where everything was feeling really good. You're making nice swings, and you loved the day. How were you feeling? Ask yourself that. You probably weren't anxious you probably weren't mad, right? You probably weren't uh, stressed out. And what were you thinking about on that golf course, or on that, during that round, or on that shot, right? And that's the beauty of this little think feel act. Adding on that C part was really what helped put a lot of the pieces together for me. And then the other bookend I'm going to talk with you about in the next. Uh, podcast and show you how this whole little formula goes together so that you can start using it to help yourself on the golf course. So I hope you stay with me and I'll see you on the next episode. All right. Take care. I really appreciate you listening and I want to share this with more golfers. So if you know anybody, please point them in this direction. You can also subscribe, rate and review. That'll help more people find it. Thanks so much.